0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds from the 70s with Gary and Rob, sometimes known as Shuggy Touche's. You like tonight? You like tonight, that's why I said it. You're not supposed to interrupt the first two lines. Coming to you from the This Has Got To Be A Mistake Winchester building in the downtown Metropolis area. Today
1: on our shoe, can we call it a shoe? If you want to, but you could also call it a boot. Today, on our boot. (laughs) boot.
0: (laughs) We are going to feature the 1972 album, American Gothic, by the late singer-songwriter David Ackles. Now, the only thing this album has in common with our previous two albums in our theme, from the last two episodes, is that David Ackles passed away. At oh, some Okay, point. I it, thought
1: that there was one other thing in common on that. Uh... In
0: 1999, compared to Emmett Rhodes and Peter Green, who just recently passed away, but there is a reason for this selection this week. But that I will
1: tell you in a little bit when we. Okay, then that. I will not venture my guess yet.
0: And it's not it's not a mind blowing reason. So if you're <clears throat> if you're staying on the show just to hear the reason why we chose david who you probably never heard of i probably wouldn't be worth your time but listen to the show anyways because it'll be both funny heartbreaking
1: and sad these three have all had contact with aliens from the future that was my guess oh by the way yes going
0: off script like last week you know it's fall When, like, last week I drove in and it's nice and sunny to the Winchester building Mm -hmm. and everything. And this week when I left, it's, like, completely dark. Yeah. And it's only been
1: one week. The sun knows what time it is uh, and it's gone south of the winter.
0: But people should know that I did leave uh, about 50 minutes later than usual from last week because, of course... For which I chastised you. Yes, I got I got heck because I'm not supposed to make fish and chips on the day of uh we're taping because it takes so damn long. You That's people right. in England who are huge are one of our you're huge for our listeners. We we love you England. Uh you are you understand the fish and chips, but you guys buy your fish and chips at
1: like uh down the street or whatever. You ought to have one routine meal for uh for sure. I know,
0: I didn't have anything else and and it was like, and they take so long, it takes twenty minutes yeah. to, it take not. it takes twelve to thirteen minutes it's to heat the up curse the potatoes. oven. And then it takes twenty minutes to cook it, and you gotta flip the fish halfway
1: through. Yeah.
0: And oh, uh again, by that side. time I'm supposed to leave and I haven't even eaten yet. The food's ready, but I haven't even eaten yet. So I knew <laughs> like <laughs> 40 minutes before I was even supposed to leave that I gotta. Tell Rob that uh, I'm going to be late. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Three words, my friend. Microwave chicken dogs. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So uh, that little interesting tidbit, which lost a lot of a bit of our audience.
0: but uh, <laughs> We also want to tell you that Mr. Winchester, the owner and manager of the Winchester building. He'll be by tomorrow. Dropped by our humble office and studio this week. And we were thrilled. Uh, that he came by when he nicely left 15 minutes. When he left 15
1: minutes later, oh, he was so bad. Yeah, it was like it was only 15 minutes. That could have been <laughs> so so bad, but and while, instead it was just bad. It was always it's always bad. <laughs> you know,
0: just seeing him gives you like a Degrees one of those bad. one of those pits in your stomach. Yeah,
1: it's like humanity's gotten uh, to here. Damn it.
0: But while he was here in the studio and offices, he told us something, well, some interesting things that he had on his mind. Because he doesn't come by to say hello. He comes by to, like, uh, bitch. <laughs> I guess that's the word. That's the only reason he comes by. He doesn't come by and say, hey, I like you guys. Let's go party. It's always like, you know
1: what's bugging me, people? He is a negative wave, a big, long negative wave. Yeah. Kind of like you. Uh, you go down with him. Yeah. He mentioned that he
0: does not get along in any way, shape, or form with our producer, Uptown Mike, which we agreed with. And for the first time since we moved into the Winchester building, we had an immense amount of uh, sympathy for him <laughs> for having to put up with Uptown Mike. And But this is interesting. He told us. Rob's trying to remember. I don't remember that. He told us that if we got rid of Uptown Mike, because he hates Uptown Mike, just like we do.
1: (laughs) I thought it was kind of like uh, justice that the two of them should uh, agree on each other.
0: Well, even, even Mr. Winchester looks good compared to Uptown Mike. But anyways, he told us if we got rid of Uptown Mike and got another producer, that he would not only happily extend our lease for another year, but
1: would lessen the amount of rent we paid. Are we talking like uh, another one of his relatives? Did he have any suggestions? Yeah, it was one of his relatives. Okay. <laughs> I uh, I think I had to put in my earphones at that point.
0: So. Uh, well, Rob and I still have to have a meeting about that, but it does sound like a win-win to us. Like not only do we a, not only do we get a lease, but we get money off our rent. Plus, Uptown Mike is gone. Like, where's the bad side?
1: really <laughs> Uptown Mike is un, is unfortunately he's the the low end of the spectrum. He's the bottom. You only go up from Uptown Mike.
0: I mean, we're we're just lucky to see Uptown Mike once a month. And he's supposed to be producing every week. So th- there you go. Yeah, I don't
1: uh, I don't think he even remembers what it is we do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he just comes by and has a beer with us yeah, and like, then probably goes home and says, "What well, was I supposed to do something I when I was there?" was
1: supposed to go there, but just,
0: uh, <laughs> The only other thing that Mr. Winchester told us, he says that, and this is an interesting story, Rob. He says he has a, a nephew oh. who is severely mentally handicapped. And that if I wanted to get Rob to see his nephew's doctor, Ooh. that he would he would set it up for us. And that he understands what I'm going through. Yeah, yeah, so, I bet. So yeah. um, I, I don't know exactly what he was getting at. <laughs> but uh we thanked him for dropping by and mentioning that his nephew has uh severe i guess i guess you'd call it severe mental retardation we don't like to use that word nowadays but he has severe i do and uh and yeah i think he i think he knew that you would would, would understand (laughs) and we were you know, we were happy to see him leave. I'm glad that he mentioned, to, you know, that there was a doctor for you to see. That you, there might be help.
1: That there might be help. <laughs> there is know, not for your mental problems. You know? No, don't no, I, need I no don't. Doctor. So. I don't need no doctor.
0: It, you know, did you, did you, did you feel Rob that every time that Mister Winchester steps into the room, it always feels like a heavy cloud has entered our domain, terrain, and sometimes hail on our lives. Yeah, it's more of a, a wintry feeling for me feels winterish <laughs> cold is yeah i guess is what you're trying to chili say. not cool ooh, chili I don't,
1: like, I, I don't
0: like that word because it reminds me of chili and i like chili <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'll try and find a new maybe i'll make, maybe i'll make a word up just for you
0: because <laughs> i think of ooh, like somebody always says it negatively oh it's so chilly outside i'm thinking there's chili outside <laughs> mm, i like chili yeah. How
1: about Flocke Blanc? There we go.
0: Okay, no odds and ends this week. Sorry. Don't lose any time. You know why? Yeah, we we're not losing time this week because oh, sorry, should have got over this with you before <laughs> the
1: show. <laughs> oh, there's something I, I have for to emails.
0: say. <laughs> <laughs> I like emails. You, know what? you like emails, we all uh, like emails. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, sorry Rob. I you, be, uh, about... you may be reading this one. I just want to say this.
0: I just want I'm gonna to have to read this because I didn't go over this with Rob. And I'll tell you why. You gotta I, I don't want any sympathy. Well Rob, just, just keep quiet on this one because I'm gonna bear my soul you, you, on this. You've got a printer. I'm gonna bear my soul, okay? <laughs> All right. I got a lot of tabs. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of tabs I have to put up before the show. And sometimes I forget things, like an extra tab. But today because I had so many freaking tabs I had to put up for the show on my computer screen that I forgot to tell Rob that he had to Yeah, announce you were like it was all busy the, and
1: hectic. Email, yeah. I yeah. always forget one yeah, thing. Yeah. Don't I always forget show, one thing? One thing is forgotten. I do. Yeah. It, it's
0: re- <laughs> We're not joking. I actually do forget one
1: thing It doesn't It doesn't average out to one thing. <laughs> it's actually one it's thing actually every show. One
0: thing every show. So we're going to do, well, I I just wrote down we're going to do a a quick email today. But I think I just destroyed that notion of a real quick email. (laughs) We have another segment right after this. And we don't want a long show today because we're trying to cut our shows down to an hour and a half.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll run out of things to say eventually.
0: So, uh, okay, we're going to do this real quick. I'm even going to ask the questions because Rob's not prepared because I didn't tell him. So today's email... It's from a guy just named James, or as I, I guess some people would call him Jim, or Jimmy, Jimmy, Jum, Jum. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't you hate that when somebody your name is James and somebody you're at a party and somebody goes,
1: "Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jum, Jum, (laughs) Banana, Banana, Jum, Jum."
0: So uh, and Jimmy Jimmy Jum Jum, it's from Edinburgh, Scotland. This is like our second letter from Edinburgh, Scotland. Holy crap! And uh, so his question is, Rob, ignore that because uh, I wrote that in the script when uh, Rob was going to do. That. I'll do Rob's voice. Do Rob's okay. voice. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> 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 so his question is, Rob. Well, let me see. I really was. Was masturbating all week, so I'm not ready. But let me read the question.
1: I I hate that freaking Rob.
0: (laughs) You know, I just don't do anything for the show, and then all of a sudden I gotta ask an email question. I'm gonna go back to masturbating. (laughs) So here's the question, but I don't even know who. Do you plan on Jimmy Jimmy Jam Jam? It's a question now. All right. Do you plan, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) do you plan on doing any special themes on the Scottish music scene in the 70s? Wow. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jam, Jam. That's a good question. Um, I've actually, swear to God, never even thought about it until this question arrived. Never thought about a thing called Scottish music. Uh, thanks for the question Jimbo oh now I call him Jimbo (laughs) it's okay it's all the same you can call him Ray (laughs) but before we do a theme we always have to have three artists so Uh, at least three from Scotland to make up a theme so I'm going to check on one of my tabs and see if we can find three artists that come from the beautiful Scotland by the way one is easy even though Scotland is in the UK it's not one of our hot spots so if I piss people off in Scotland I'm not too yeah
1: yeah you yeah, yeah, haven't got the numbers
0: I don't we don't have the numbers to be <laughs> we're, sympathetic
1: we're, we're not scared <laughs> we, we think we could take you in a fair fight
0: uh, I don't know if you could take Scotland Scotland people they can fight I tell you okay,
1: okay, okay
0: here it now these are not all the artists these are because if somebody says hey yeah, this is not how they talk in Scotland but this is my voice for hey hey you guys you didn't you didn't mention like this band or that that we're only talking about bands that recorded in the 70s oh, yeah,
1: so right, don't
0: man. don't be all pissy about this all right one band from scotland the average white band right before the show i was singing pick up the pieces Pick up the beat that's okay. from that. Rob doesn't know, but that's that's the song from the Average White No, Man. I've
1: only ever heard of the Average White band
0: haven't I Oh really? You've heard of Pick Up the Pieces. It is instrumental and uh
1: you've heard it. You just don't know you've heard it. Okay. I know you have I'm gonna take your word for it, that I've heard it. Yes, okay. Uh, Bay City Rollers. Oh, day in hell, will play that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are covering everything from the seventies, so even yeah, they're, we even do, they're not excluded from potential. We
0: don't exclude anything, even on personal bias. So we probably will do base. You know, we will do a.
1: But not during if we do a Scottish uh, the three. No, because that would be not a, during that. That would not be good. To that would Scottish have to people. go along with another the theme.
0: But we, you know, we <laughs> will do. Yeah, we, we will. Bay City Rollers. Um, by the way, I just want to say that. I didn't know. I this never entered my mind. It really didn't. But we will now because of uh, Jimbo's letter. Uh, we will do a Scottish theme
1: in the future. Okay. Because we're, City we're rollers. running out of ideas. Yeah.
0: Uh, strangely enough, I did not know this. The Incredible String Band is from Scotland. Uh, mostly known for 60s hippy dippy music, but uh, they did record in the 70s. Uh, they played at Woodstock. But, That's Woodstock. Uh, That's where yeah, yeah,
1: Bora Bora was reporting on them.
0: Yeah, Boar Boar didn't like them at all, but he doesn't like them Yeah, I didn't. Uh, no surprises <laughs> there. Wow, that was a shock. Um, Marmalade. Marmalade had a hit in the 60s with a cover version at about the same time as the with Obladi Oblada by the Beatles, and it was like almost at the same – I think it was almost at the same time. Anyways, they already recorded in the 70s too, so Marmalade. And <laughs> here's a little tidbit for you. Marmalade, before they were called Marmalade, were called the Gaylords. So next. Back when it was cool. <laughs> back back <laughs> when. Having your band called the Gaylords. Meant you
1: were getting chicks left and right. So anyways. <laughs> a Nazareth of course. Nazareth. That's the one of the big. Uh, and then uh, the other. Um, uh, uh, Rob the I, You know what.
0: I'm checking on this. Because that's the first artist I, I thought of didn't pop up in my search. Oh, I'm really? checking to see if Rod was actually born in England. He's
1: either like uh, so big that he uh, the transcends I, all categories. I'm going to
0: hand it to you for a couple minutes when we're done. Or maybe
1: he was born in Zimbabwe.
0: And I'm going to check on that because uh, oh, the sensational Alex Harvey band. Alex Harvey, great singer. Um, Rob doesn't know the band, but I know, I know of the sensational Alex Harvey band. And uh, that's it. <laughs> oh, it's enough to make up a theme, though, Rob. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and
0: I'm just—that's what we've
1: got off, off, the top of our heads.
0: You know what I'm going to do <laughs> is I—I want to uh, Rob to talk here about uh, his association because I know he's produced many Scottish bands, and if you could talk about that for a second, Rob, I think that's pretty interesting.
1: Well, getting overseas was the hardest part. The a lot of walking. I thought about taking a, a ship or an airplane, but I thought no, I'm going to go to Russia across the Bering Strait. I'm going to build a. So Rod
0: Stewart actually was born and raised in London. Oh, um, well, that's so right, he was born in London. All I heard there was, was a, something da, about the V two
1: rocket attack.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he was. Yeah, you're right. And but he is, of course, of heavy Scottish ancestry, as it says, like right on the second line here. So. He's very Scottish, but he was born in London. Technically, so he doesn't
1: qualify. He doesn't qualify.
0: All right. So when we do the Scottish theme, Rod the Mod will not be there. You said something about Russia. I wasn't listening to you because I was looking that up. But that, even that, even though I didn't know what you're talking about, that amused me.
1: Um, I'm finally earning my money. <laughs> I wouldn't say that.
0: Okay, so we have we're rolling along here. Oh no, I have I, have, I haven't finished. We have another season. thing, or I have I have to say thank you to uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Jimmy Jam, uh, Jam, Jam uh, 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 for your good question, and you actually made us. Uh, a new theme because I had not thought of a, a I actually didn't think there are enough Scottish bands or artists in the 70s to make one but if it wasn't for Jimbo's question James, <laughs> James is going like fuck you man my name is James.
1: They had called him Jambalaya that would be right. So th-
0: thanks uh, Jim Jambalaya and uh... <laughs> <laughs> you gotta okay, remember to send your questions or inquiries or relationship problem advice for us to act, for us to answer to sounds from the seventies at gmail.com. That is, I repeat, sounds from <laughs> that's a dramatic pause. Sounds from the seventies at gmail.com And that is our quick email. I don't think it was that quick, but uh Rob did a good job of Rob finally did a good job of uh, reading the uh, question. Well, it wasn't about work.
1: It was a (laughs) fantasy.
0: (laughs) I don't know. You didn't even read the question today. Oh, my God. You see what I have to work with? You see what Mr. Winchester's talking about? Okay.
1: The monkey is close. We are really off
0: the rails today, I guess. I don't know if it's a full moon today or something, but we're really kind of, ooh.
1: It's the darkness. Mm -hmm. It's dark out there.
0: Okay, so now, our segment today, it's time for 70s Memories. 70s Memories. And today, on 70s (laughs) Memories, we actually do that live. And it's really pretty good. (laughs) And today on 70s (laughs) Memories, we take a look back again at the 8-track player and 8-tracks in particular and we talk about this we talked about this subject in a very early episode of sounds from the 70s as some of you might remember and a lot of you don't because we picked up a lot of listeners since then and some of you probably dropped off saying this shows bullshit they talked about eight tracks I, I didn't i didn't listen there's, to this show there's no such thing tracks.
1: as an eight track oh these old farts why are they inventing this mm-hmm. uh, why not uh, a 15 point whatever if you're going to advance, he always goes like three or four words too long. <laughs> but
0: some but some new information has surfaced recently about A Trax because this month is the 55th anniversary of A Trax. And uh, so there was an article, and I thought it would be good uh, to update about what I didn't say about A Trax uh, before. You know A Trax, Rob.
1: Oh, yeah. They were uh, the thing to listen to in the car when you were traveling uh, six hours or more.
0: Exactly. Um, now, A Tracks were introduced, the A Track player, in September 15th, 1965, which makes 55 years. 55. Uh, not to the day, but the month and everything, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, The Ford Motor Company offered 8-track cartridges as an option in all its sports car Mustangs and Thunderbirds and Lux. So, they were for the elite in 1965. Not not for the regular Joes. You could have
1: recorded music in the car. Yeah. Uh,
0: RCA Records soon after began releasing its whole catalog on 8-tracks soon after 19. I didn't know that. I always thought 8-track's we're like a 1970 type of thing, and but it goes all the way back to Marta 65. 65. Yeah. And after RCA put all their whole catalog on a all the other major labels follow suit. Now, over the next two years, auto companies started to offer the players in factory installed as a factory installed option in their cars. So just like they used to have they don't even have cd players anymore that's how old i am because i <laughs> if i don't have a cd player in any vehicle then it's like well what if i gotta play my thing and then they go what are you old yes. <laughs> but they used to have eight track players you almost if you were buying a car you would actually ask hey man does it have like eight track player because if it doesn't like i'm not gonna buy yeah, an eight track player would impress chicks yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> nowadays <laughs> i don't know what it would attract um i love 8 track players uh or a track players and and i'm not knocking it because i love them and and a lot of the albums that i talk about in the late 70s were albums that i listened to on eight tracks to be honest with you um that my brother bought or whatever the eight track became the option for listening to albums and vehicles it was at one time the only option to listen to albums in your car, and
1: yeah, because it was a few years till cassettes came. That's out. right. And um, that was the next thing that they the went.
0: next thing that came. You are right. Is the uh, tape player and the tape player really, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, supplanted the eight-track uh, machine in the early, it didn't, they didn't supplant them in the early 70s, but the seed was born, and then by like 74 75, <coughs> they were pretty much on equal footing, if not a little
1: bit more for the I remember cape. it was probably uh, the late 70s or early 80s, you could still go into the uh, some of the department stores, and they'd have the eight-track bins. where. Yeah,
0: I want to get to that.
1: I, I love how <laughs> it,
0: it, he uh, anticipates what I'm going to say, and then it's not as shocking as when I say it. Uh, <laughs> so um, there were like we'll talk about We're going to talk about the drawbacks to the A track, and and we know the drawbacks. Yeah, but it had one uh,
1: one definite advantage, we'll talk about.
0: so the A track format had its issues. And albums, which are usually two sides, but on A tracks it must be divided into four discrete channels or segments, as as it will kind of like four sides to a record that only has supposed to have two. Meaning songs are sometimes interrupted as the channel changes right in the middle of the song.
1: It's, I believe, a continuous looped tape. Yeah. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. I think it was. Yeah. That's why uh, it would play all the time, like uh, there was no start or finish.
0: It it never bothered me, though. I guess (laughs) at that time, it wasn't, in my life, it wasn't important that the song was
1: interrupted right in the middle. Yeah. It's not like you'd heard and fell in love with this song on the radio, and then you hear the song on 8-track, it's like... Why'd you do that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd, I'd be the victim. I'd be, I'd be angry. I'd be yeah, punching something. Like nowadays, you do something like that, and people go,
0: "Oh my God, how can you do that?" Because people are very like, people, yeah, well,
1: it's nowadays, a different culture now. There's no excuse
0: for it, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but back then, it was so funny because people didn't care about saving stuff like TV shows or 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 music because yeah. it just wasn't part of the culture. So. You know, you know, things being divided in half, or albums, because the albums, a lot of times, to fit onto these four segments, the songs would not sometimes they be in the order, in order right, of the but record. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. people didn't care all that much. And I didn't care, as long as you got the whole album. And it only became when people came really anal in the internet age. Mm-hmm. That it was all like, albums gotta be like this, and albums are the best, and people started saying, this is the best, and this is second best and people didn't think like that people don't understand who didn't live through that era that people absolutely did not think like this is the best this is the best oh we have a top 10 list for the best like we didn't think top 10 lists like that or anything no. like we just kind of lived <laughs> we did
1: it was too early for that too it early was for, for we comparison.
0: did since nothing was really kept as far <laughs> as a video from your tv shows <clears> or or um, music shows. We never thought of it anything. as
1: possible at the time. So
0: why would you? Exactly, and nobody you can't miss what you never knew. It was a different. It was a different culture, and you really. I know it's really hard to understand because I know I've talked to my nephew, who's even like thirty-five, and he says, "Why didn't you keep all that stuff? Like, why don't you tape all those football games and and stuff like that back then? Why did everybody erase everything?" And it's like. We didn't think that anybody would care after the first showing. Up. Yeah,
1: there was just gonna. It was just one. the
0: culture, <laughs> like you saw it once, and if you missed it, well, you move on to whatever is coming up. It re- like, it's really hard to describe when it's your way of. If that's your way of life, it's natural. And then when things change, now it's natural to record everything. TV stations keep everything now. And but that and radio keeps. Yeah, everything.
1: but they also have the capacity to do it because storage spaces become so much smaller. Right. I mean, the early days of uh, film, uh, by golly, they had uh, plenty of uh, these big reels of uh, film that uh, they kept in warehouses and. Uh, and even in film, even in
0: almost everything, except maybe art, of course, but. Even in film, like, storing it, they didn't store it properly because they didn't yeah. think people would care about a movie exactly. from 1923. They just uh, put it away and later. thought
1: maybe uh, someone in the archives needs it in 10 years. It'll still be there. But you know, after 40 or 50 years, it, it starts to degenerate. And, uh...
0: and that's why, like, I forget the number. I think 80% of silent films are now gone because of that. But it was a different culture. And you can't really blame the people if nobody's doing it and nobody's even thinking about it. Then you can't say, oh, they should have saved it because that's yeah. just not the way it is. <laughs> it was
1: also, yeah, as I thought, like I say, it, was also, it would have been very expensive to uh, copy a lot of stuff or I don't, I don't store think it.
0: I people understand how much. And I, I get mad too nowadays in retrospect about the shows that got erased because there's some. like pre-Monty yeah. Python stuff that got uh, erased. Yeah, and
1: was, the old Johnny Carsons. Uh, yeah, all the Johnny Carsons, who, that before, makes me
0: Johnny Carsons before 1972. There's like three three or four programs that actually survived. Can you imagine <laughs> being on five nights a week from like 1962 to 72 and they all got erased. And Every so race. All got erased. And the same thing with the Doctor Whos. There's only like a few Doctor Whos from the 60s around and stuff like that. But you have to understand When you look at it from the point of view of the company that's involved, which is the uh, television stations, at that time, do you know how much a videotape, <laughs> like, to replace that videotape, store it and then get another one?
1: Yeah, and they thought, well, that's why we buy the videotape. That's the beauty of it. That's a superior over film. We can just tape over it for the next show. Yeah, yeah. People think, oh, it only
0: costs, like, five bucks. No, not back then. It didn't
1: cost, like, five bucks to get a new videotape. Oh, it actually players? Cost,
0: like, no, yeah. I mean, an actual videotape. Yeah. It would cost, like, $100 to get, like, a videotape. And that's, like, 1960s money. Yeah, yeah that is. so. Um, um, I understand it, but it's really unfortunate because we've lost a lot of stuff. Anyways, I got myself on track. Also, one of the one of the uh, bad things about the A-tracks was they uh, constantly got tangled and stretched and broke. Yeah, And I think I've told the story the first time we did this uh, on an earlier episode. I think I bought, I remember I bought wings at the speed of sound. I personally bought Paul McCartney and wings at the speed of sound and it played once. And the second time, it already... And you can't take it back after that. You're screwed. It's not like you got a 14-day warranty or anything.
1: I remember sometimes cassette tapes, uh, they might uh, get jammed up or snap or something. And you could still uh, pull the pieces out, uh, the two ends, and uh, tape them together and get it playing again. (laughs) I personally,
0: I'm not a big fan of cassette tapes. I like them for the fact that you could play them in the car and everything but they always sounded like they were in another room. Yeah. <laughs> I hated the sound
1: that. was never good though. The, the other nice thing about uh, cassette tapes is you record, could record them yourselves and make uh that was the first time That thing you was good. Mix tape I'm just technology. I'm actually talking
0: about because the mixtape was
1: fantastic because you could put any songs They came these. out with recordable 8 tracks, but that was pretty much near the it end. They did,
0: of that. but that was near the end. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the thing the thing about the actual uh tapes and people bought lots of tapes back then like the early eighties and late seventies. Yeah. Oh my god, the tape section uh was as the not the eight-track tape section but the the cassette tape section was just as popular if not more popular than the record section it was they people loved to hear their music in the cars yeah. and there was only two ways which is eight track tape and, and the, the cassette tape yeah that
1: was it and um yeah, I wonder if you could hook up a record player. Oh no, it would keep bouncing.
0: So every year the cassette tape was getting bigger and bigger. This is in the late '70s, and the and the eight-track tape was getting smaller and smaller. By 1982, eight tracks are no longer sold at retail. In fact, I thought it was earlier.
1: Well, I actually uh, thought it
0: was like 1980 or 1979.
1: But that must mean yeah, the early '80s when you go in the uh, the bins where they're trying to get rid of all their old stock of uh, yeah.
0: I remember seeing that, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. yeah, I bought
1: the Who. It was a '60s album, but I don't know which one. I'm gonna say My Generation, just for fun.
0: Maybe uh, the last eight-track offered by a record label is believed. Nobody's really sure as a fact, <laughs> but it is believed to be Fleetwood Mac's Greatest Day. Oh, really? The la- This is in 1988. The last one to ever be offered is Fleetwood Mac's Greatest Hits in 1988. So even though. Um, they didn't stock them they were still selling them like in uh the columbia yeah for people who uh,
1: had old cars uh... (laughs) which is really cool i tell you the one other um, uh, advantage for the cassette tape uh, over the eight track was uh just physical size it cost less money to actually make and uh for storage Uh, so that was one of the things that uh I, yeah, I really. I,
0: people nowadays really love the 8-track.
1: I mean, you had your you, you could have like a, a little box-size uh, thing that uh, held uh, twice as many cassettes as uh, the same size 8-tracks. Uh, yeah. yeah. But
0: you get <clears throat> anything that's bigger, though, hmm. Rob, always has the bigger, like, even though it was more to store with the 8-track tape. Um, you got the bigger artwork because you know you yeah. got that little thing with the cassette tape, and that's why it's so popular. Uh, cassette tapes have never really been talked about much because people really hate smallness <laughs> when it comes. People hated the compact discs because of the, the shrinkage of the artwork and the yeah. liner notes and everything, and people hated the cassette tapes. Uh, really, because you know, you had to really squint to see the albums, the, not the album title, but the song titles and
1: everything. And they'd have yeah. the uh, the folded up um, uh, lyrics inside. Yeah, the, you wouldn't get right like stuff or
0: anything like that. And I just want to end this by saying, if you want to know more about this, there's a, a really short uh, thing on YouTube about. It's called punch this in. It's called how the car a track player revolutionized the music industry. You don't have to write the whole thing. Just punch in how the car a track player if you want or a track player in the car and watch it. it it shows you the uh the lifetime of the much loved a track player it was i loved it i don't know why i loved it so much but it was like sticking that big thing in there and you stuck it in there and then it played and then yeah. and then you took your chances because you didn't. You know were it hoping would it, it would <laughs> catch
1: properly <laughs>
0: You did. <laughs> oh, I wish people could understand that. Oh, I told you the story. I hate the delay us anymore, but I think I told this story to Rob on our 8-track before about my mom, who bought the – I went shopping. I was really young, and I went shopping with my mom, to Woco. You know the Woco I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. And she loved uh, James Last, uh, and she would always buy – the only 8-track she would buy would be from James Last who of course if everybody knows just plays instrumental music and uh Muzak.
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah with an orchestra
0: and he played the top hits but in, I in was watching, instrumental uh, the, uh, red
1: dwarf and they were making fun of him yeah
0: yeah <laughs> and so my mom always bought that so i went shopping with her one day she bought she always loved to buy the james last a tracks and i used to love this Thing that we had, I know Rob had it. too Rob's mom and dad had it. It was like all in one. Like you had a record player and you had the the stereo. The stereo was in the. Oh were...
1: yeah, it was. Uh, we'd have like uh, it was in music. It would be like a rack mount. Yes. Yes. For this, it was yeah, yeah, just different units, and you had to have a special shelf with different slots, and uh, you had to pull that guy out uh, and uh, plug everything in the right uh, plugins and. Uh, phono, but that's what, to go yeah, But that was the big and, thing
0: for our family to have, and everybody ha- and, and any middle class family had them. They that had, was like, yeah, the multi. The record player, thing. the radio, and the eight-track uh, tape player, right? Yeah, all in everything
1: put together. Yeah. So. I all was, different mediums coming out through the same amplifier. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So what I did was I just kind of put the cellophane off the James Last, and just just the, I always loved just to jam it in here <laughs> because I didn't care about James Last, but I put it in there Here's and I the, and I listened. The test track. I swear to God, like fifteen seconds into the James Last uh, a track, it just it, it ate it up. <laughs>
1: I and bet your I mom got, beat the hell out of you.
0: Oh, my God, did I get heck? And I think I did get a spanking for
1: It, it. is not a toy.
0: But I didn't do anything. <laughs> it would have done it. The way it was supposed to be used. It was like no matter who would have put it in, it would have done it. And I tried to tell her that. I Even at that age, I said, but I
1: just put it in. Like, it would have happened there to my There is only
0: brother. one way to put it in. You cannot put it in wrong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I got, and she was so upset because of course, when you buy something like half an hour ago and then your little son just wrecks yeah, it, you yeah. are, she, I've never, maybe three or four times, have she been that mad <laughs> and I didn't even do anything really wrong. All I did was put it in like everybody else would have done. And it, and it, that's the chances you take with a tracks. They were 50, 50. <laughs> Sometimes it survived sometimes it didn't sometimes <laughs> yeah. you could play an eight track for like three years and nothing yep. would happen and sometimes on the third time oh fuck, man <laughs> there was uh
1: the one compilation a track uh old country music from the 70s that uh every uh every family trip uh we did once a year that thing was playing it was a six hour trip and uh, <laughs> That thing was going the whole way through. It's like, doesn't really? anybody
0: have another eight track? Uh anybody? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Billy, don't be a hero. And don't it make your brown eyes blue. Oh, you
0: bring <laughs> bring back the 70s, I tell you. One tin soldier, Mule. Kind of Mule Skinner. <laughs> Mule Skinner. Yeah, that was a popular 70s
1: song. Um <laughs> must have been a remake. <laughs> Always. Mule
0: Skinner goes from like the 1920s, and it's like there was a lot of remakes every every
1: decade of the Blues. <laughs> well, I heard the uh... 70s <laughs>
0: and uh, and uh, usually all these old songs had the disco version. So you got the disco oh, version yeah. of Old Skinner
1: Blues. So oh oh oh, what they
0: did to Beethoven, huh? I went oh oh if anybody was wondering because you uh, looked at the time. No, time's oh. kind of okay, but I, I, I went ahead and I was going, oh, I'm got the wrong place.
1: Wrong now,
0: path. I hope you enjoyed that. I kind of enjoyed that. I thought it would be a little segment. It turned kind of into a big segment. On <laughs> day, so. so now it's time. No, it's not time for that. We just did that. We are featuring on our episode today the 1972 album by the late uh, uh, David Ackles, American Gothic. And the reason... Why I'm putting this in this theme of kind of a eulogy theme. Which we've had because we've just lost, unfortunately, uh, Emmett Rhodes and uh, Peter Green. And we needed a third artist. And I'll I'll tell you why. It's kind of, I'm going to try and shorten the story. But when I thought of this, doing this show many, many years ago. I had like five albums that I really thought, okay, this is, I want to squeeze this into the show somehow. and
1: It's got to get in there.
0: One of them was uh, Escalator Over the Hill, which we've done. And another one was you know Jewels and the Polar Bears Got No Breeding. And I, and one was, what was one we did recently? I can't remember. I can't remember the exact. Oh, Terry Melcher. I remember oh, yeah, I wanted okay. to do that. And one of the five albums that I had was uh, David Ackles' American Gothic. Because... It was recommended by Rolling Stone as one of the weirdest albums, but good albums from from the 70s. Uh, what they called it was their top 10 weird albums that we liked from the 1970s. And so I listened to this about 2014. And it was just like, oh, this is really good. And I said, I'm going to put that when I when I get this show started, uh, that's definitely on my list of albums i'm gonna do i just could never in almost two years i had oh, never find a in. place for it and i would think i would have it on my computer as like because i would always have the record cover looking at me and it would and i would go oh not this week not this week oh man no it just doesn't fit in this week and i was thinking I don't think this thing, it's such an extraordinary album and so weird that I don't know if I can fit it into anything unless I almost make up its own section for it, <laughs> because it is really kind of an uncategorizable yeah. categorizable album.
1: I was trying to put my finger on what style of music, and I can't
0: really do it. I still don't know what type of what album it is. You know, sometimes I really, I know a lot of hip people say oh you shouldn't categorize music you <laughs> kind of have to to know what you're buying because you just can't go buy an album cover and think because you could buy like a if you don't like death metal <laughs> Yeah, they could fool you with the album cover, and then you're So, I do believe in some ways, knowing kind of what the album is, I still would not know where to put this album.
1: <laughs> yeah. you, you can't judge a book by its cover. Well, that's actually exactly how you judge a book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I did find it in this because it was the only thing we just had two male artists. I thought, well, we got a third male artist with David Ackles, and even though he passed away in 1999, he did pass away. So we're doing a, a eulogy, and I think it'd be nice to eulogize David Ackles, because in North America, he's almost completely unknown. He's very popular in England, uh, and was at the time. But um, it's, I, you know, I heard, I'm going to tell you, I heard this I heard this album, like I said, in 2014, when Rolling Stone recommended it. And I listened to it, and like I said, I really liked it. But I didn't have any lyrics for it. So I listened to it like three or four times in about a year. And I was going, oh, this is really a great album. Right? But I was kind of missing something. I said, I don't know. It's a great album, but kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Then this week, and God, I listened to it this last week like so many times because I just love it. I actually said I got to listen to the to the." I know it's a very... Um, episodic type of, almost a concept album without being a concept album, if you kind of know what I mean. When we talk about this album and it sounds confusing, it's because there are so many things that's uncategorizable about
1: this album. No, the, the very title pretty much is the closest thing you could uh, come up with as a, the what the concept is. It's, it's, a,
0: uh, it's an American Gothic album yeah. about, about themes about Americana and different stories about it. That's basically what it is. Uh, and so I, uh, I listened to this week I shouldn't even be reviewing it because I haven't even done a bio yet. But I'm just <laughs> going to tell you when I listened to it this week, uh, with the lyrics, um, I was just—I
1: oh, don't know. I found for a lot. I of was songs. just
0: so stunned. I was just so stunned at how beautiful this album was musically, lyrically, and and I was just like, I don't want you to comment on it yet, Rob, because we're not even at the review. I just want to say what happened when I put it on and and i was just like wow okay this album now i was missing a puzzle piece when i first listened to it about 6 years ago then when i had the lyrics that i fully understood cuz i kind of got what the gist of what the songs were about before but i didn't have the full lyrics
1: then when i had the full lyrics it kind of went oh fuck man <laughs> <laughs> this album is but oh. well, that's a weird thing i found <laughs> i found his singing was so clear that i could understand pretty much everything he was singing Yes, <clears throat> we're going to get to that,
0: and it's a very good point. It's a very good point. I'm just going to give you a little background information on uh, David Ackles. We kind of jumped ahead. Usually, as you know, we give the background information and then we talk about the album.
1: But it's a it's an extraordinary yeah, yeah. review. We don't feel like doing that tonight. No,
0: it's an extraordinary review of an of. Of an album that's extraordinary in many ways, <laughs> both in that it's uncharacterizable. I've never heard an album like this before, so we're kind of going to do a review like we've never done before. <laughs> um, so David Ackles did actually come from like uh, uh, he came from a musical family. In fact, he was a child actor. Uh, he acted in in many films. Uh, not that I really remember. I mean, they weren't like our gang films they were just like
1: yeah they're the kind that might get played uh, once a year on the, uh, the, the the classic movie channel yeah
0: exactly uh, yeah. they were not popular movies but he was a child actor and he had this affinity for as you if you if when you hear the album hopefully you will for Broadway music because it is very broadway type of music not what you're thinking broadway music because it's much deeper than
1: that no it's it's, like there's a
0: broadway feel
1: to it tinges of that yeah and his
0: singing is like that his singing is like and i didn't make this up i actually read this but i agreed with it totally because i was thinking what's his singing like it's very theatrical but it's not but the bad theatrical like you think of
1: and i'm thinking of in a
0: rock i don't mean that they sing bad in in that's not what I mean. What I mean is that they don't sing in a very rock and roll style in the theater, but he had uh, one of those voices which were theater, but it was more, but it had it showed a lot of emotion.
1: Yes, it was more, uh, it could be more of the singer-songwriter type uh of a uh, voice yes but it wasn't exactly that I, I can't call him a singer songwriter type person no. because
0: i know we're gonna be we could do this for an hour but he's not exactly that <laughs> <laughs> uh the thing that i read which i totally agree with is that he sounds a lot like neil diamond with a lot of you when with
1: emotional intensity <laughs> i was going to compare him just a bit to um uh, if you take leonard cohen's singing and shift it more towards singing and less towards talking. Yes, because because he does sing really well.
0: He and that what mm. Rob said is accurate. But don't
1: again don't think <laughs> yeah. he sounds
0: like Leonard Cohen because yeah. he sounds like a Leonard Cohen that really has a great voice.
1: You know. Yeah, I mean? yeah, more um, uh, not as whispery, more of a stronger, forceful.
0: Now, what he he started his career as a staff songwriter of one thing, for one thing at at Electra Records, which is if you heard this album or any of his four albums, you would say that's absurd because he like writes these operatic, I don't mean operatic, but they're very huge pieces of music that do not adapt to three minute pop songs. Yeah. (laughs)
1: yeah, It's like uh, one of the things I found, a lot of the lyrics were not repeated. Yeah. He doesn't like it's uh, a story. Yeah. It's a story. The first two words I wrote when I was doing this was progressive storytelling. Yes, it is
0: and he, that doesn't happen in, in two and a half minute pop songs in the 60s yeah. so jack holsman of electric records said listen um we're not going to use any of your songs because they don't <laughs> fit into our mold but you know what you should do you should record your own songs because they're amazing so what you know so then he he uh he released his first album of course as everybody knows because nobody knows him They the albums were critically lauded. All of his albums were critically lauded, but they didn't sell anything except to um, uh, the English. Really loved him. In fact, Elvis Costello, Alvis Costello even mentioned him in his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction speech, where he said, "When you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for David Ackles, because I think his his album American Gothic and all his albums uh Were brilliant, and I don't know why people aren't listening to them nowadays. (laughs) I do believe in my heart, I really do, that if it's good music, really intelligent, smart music, that even if it's 50 years or 100 years from now or 150, it will get its due. And I know it, it hasn't got its due yet, and it's already been almost 50 years. I swear to you, I really believe that all music that is really artistically good will get its due, and I believe that this album, along with his other ones, someday will get a revival, but anyways, he made the, he made two albums before this, and again, very theatrical, very, very big, some, uh, uh, somebody here called it, uh, not here in our studio, but and one of the reviewers, in retrospect, said very much of an early Bruce Springsteen, Steve Earle, which there is a lot of grittiness about, about American life,
1: darker character songs yes know. exactly
0: and uh, piano based rock uh there is no there's not one guitar solo in yep. fact there's not really any gu- solos at all on here no there's story songs they're almost hymns. but there's a lot of great Grandois um orchestra which really adds to the really
1: music. emphasizes uh the singing because the singing is uh like i say it's character singing and sometimes there's like uh, two different characters or three different characters uh, in a song, and uh, you know each uh, presenting yes. contrary emotions. Oh, we got to get back.
0: Can you remember that, Rob? When <laughs> we when we go back to the album.
1: Oh yeah. Because that's
0: very interesting about that. Um, so he released this album. Seven, this was his third album, and of course, it got raves. Um, for the way it sounded, and it was produced, by the way, by Bernie Taupin.
1: Yeah, that freaks me out. I was that thought me out of too. him
0: as. A word guy. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't really do anything in music. I mean, to be honest with you, Bernie Taupin did release a couple of solo albums, so he wasn't dumb when it came to music. But to produce an album this big, yeah, from Bernie Taupin was is a huge accomplishment, I think. And he did an amazing. Because this is
1: not a well. You just play this four <laughs> times, and you play this eight times. No, oh, it's this not music not like
0: that. is complicated. When I say progressive, hell. this
1: this is not formulated music. There's a couple songs maybe that uh, are close to having a formula. But like I say, the lyrics are pretty much uh, oh, they, very little repetition.
0: There's, there's very little form to it, even <clears throat> though there is a form. There's always a method to every songwriter's madness. Yeah. But sometimes you don't know it. And, <laughs> and it takes a while. And you still don't know exactly, what, the, but you know when you're listening to it that David Ackles has a form, but it's very much like, I don't know where he's going to go next because he should go into the course, but there is no real course. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's just amazing. It really leaves you draw, drop, your jaw drop at how intelligent and sophisticated and just, it is very Broadway-like. It is very, you know, how Broadway songs just kind of go on a, like, where they tell about characters and yeah. different characters speak. That's kind of the way it is. And it's it's so unique to hear one guy do it, and he plays great piano on this album. He's the piano player, because, you know, we'll get to that in a second, because unfortunately, that kind of ended his career. But, um... I <laughs> You know, the more we talk about it, I think the more confused we get. <laughs> uh, so he did one more album after this. He did he did an album in 1973 called Five and Nine. and then Columbia didn't renew his contract because they were they they gave him like four albums or something like that. And they didn't or they gave him anyways. He had enough chances, and his albums didn't sell, even though everybody raved about them in the music papers. It didn't. So he kind of said, you know what, I'm not, this is not my thing. I think this is just not my thing. I'd I'd rather maybe teach music. Maybe he always wanted to write actually uh, a a theater, a a musical. So he delved into other things and uh, he did various other things in music. Um, And then unfortunately in 1981, his car was hit by a drunk driver and he could never, really play the piano again like he did uh in fact we don't even know if he could really even play the piano anymore nobody really knows but they definitely know that he couldn't play the piano like he does on this album and that kind of uh that kind of was it then he became kind of a theater guy and did direction on theater and um And then he
1: did uh, teaching, didn't he? Yeah, he did
0: teaching. Uh, It wasn't like he lived a sad life. He lived a very happy life. Just because you don't make records doesn't mean you're an unhappy person. Let's get this straight, okay? There are other things in life for some people than making records and being a star. And he had a very happy life. Unfortunately, he had a lot of pain because of his accident for the rest of his life. Uh, but he went to, to the University of Southern California, into administration, into musical theater, had a very happy life. He said so, like he said when he was on his deathbed dying from cancer, that, that he had no regrets, that I, I've lived a good life. And then he passed away in 1999 from lung cancer. The shame for us is that we only have four albums from David Ackles to speak of. This is not a tragic story like we have, like with Peter. Well, Peter Green wasn't too tragic, but it was tragic in a way. You know how Peter Green turned out. But we've had some tragic stories like with uh, Judy Sill. Yeah. The My yeah. my lovely little angel, Judy Sill. You know, we've had stories People, like that. You
1: know, Emmett Rhodes.
0: We just had Emmett Rhodes, which is as if tragic. If they had as gotten some
1: radio get, play, some regular radio play, things might have been different.
0: Exactly. Um, hard to think of this album getting ready. These songs. Yeah, radio play exactly. you know? This is not slick. This is not slick. <laughs> this
1: not, is this is a sit down, intelligent listening album. This is uh the, for people who like listening to music and uh, to be entertained by it.
0: And even in such an adventurous time as the seventies, uh, it still couldn't get that FM radio play to because it yeah. isn't even like where the fuck do you play this? Like you don't <laughs> play it on AM. It's not really an FM type album either. So you're stuck on no play. Really, <laughs> it and don't fit in. That's kind of sad. I want to quote before we talk about the album a little bit more because we really have kind of skirted talking about the album a little bit. But um, this is what Elvis Costello said when he was talking to the uh, about uh, David Ackles. He said he taught me that writing songs, and this is so true. He taught me that writing songs didn't have to be moon spoon and june (laughs) that you could write intelligently about more serious subjects and that is about as perfect two as two sentences that you can about david ackles is that he didn't write
1: moon spoon june that's right he wasn't putting in lyrics because songs are supposed to have lyrics right
0: he wasn't even writing songs that like, this is how this is supposed to be written, <laughs>
1: musically Oh, or... it's supposed to have a verse here and a <laughs> chorus here. And then you repeat the verse and you get a chorus there. And...
0: But we're also not saying that it's a, a real whole
1: bunch of uncommercial stuff.
0: Because you would not know that unless you were really listening and say,
1: oh. This no, not it good. varies. Like, some of these are story songs. Some are closer to what you'd expect from uh, folk singers. Um, what's a long one? Uh, Montana song. Okay. That's the only song that has uh, any real kind of instrumental breaks in it.
0: Can I talk about that for a minute? Okay. Since you brought it up, which is nice. Okay. Montana song is basically, is 10 minutes long, but most of the songs are about 3 or 4 minutes three
1: long. 3 or 4 minutes?
0: Months, and he ends the album with Montana song, which is 10 minutes long, and it is the centerpiece of the album, even though it's the last song. It is definitely the centerpiece of the album, and it is What's the word I'm looking for? Magnificent doesn't even do no. do justice.
1: <laughs> you're, you're listening to you're listening to the lyrics and you know in the multiple different passages. You're moved by uh, what he's saying like uh, several times. Oh yeah, there's not like just one point of uh, okay, that's the point of the song. That's uh, the strong feeling. No, it's uh, multiple. It's, it's but it's the same song.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up for a second because I want to talk about this song because this song is a song that I would I would kill to write. And I don't say that about a multitude of songs. There's only maybe about 50 songs that I say, fuck, I wish I would have wrote that. Seriously, I mean, you would think it would be more uh, being a songwriter, but there are some songs that you just say, oh, that's so amazingly beautiful, not only lyrically, musically, everything, that I wish I would have wrote that's it, because it if I only would have wrote that, I would be happy. Now I want to. I want. Uh, I just want to bring up some of the lyrics to uh, this song because it's just. I don't want to, you know, give everything away about this song before <laughs> you've heard it. But it's a song about a man who's lived in the city all his life, and he comes back to the place where his initial Forefathers came. Yep. His great grandfather started in whatever country he came from Threat with the his wife,
1: eighteen fifties or something, eighteen
0: seventy something.
1: Yeah, and um, That's so right, he's trying. Yeah. He's
0: trying to find his roots is what he is, and he goes back to the old family farm where his great grandfather and his great grandmother lived, and their two boys, which were of course his, uh, uh his grandfather, grandfathers, yeah, grandfathers, who as the story unfolds uh did what progress did as an, as the 20th century started moved to the city and the town the, the town and the farm unfortunately because there was nobody to take over died um and then it's just it's just a way of expressing what happens in north america all the time the immigrants come over they start with a plot of land they build it up for their sons or their daughters to live on, but the attraction to the big cities the is too much. Kids don't want the same life. The kids know. don't want the same life. And it's a story of North America, really. Not just America, but North America. It's yeah. an Americana story. It's a beautiful story. So he comes back and the line that re- like there are so many killer lines in this song. <laughs> it, it it is worth buying this album for this song alone let alone that the other songs on this album are brilliant but i just want to point this out it takes so long to it. he says it's the first thing he says at the beginning of the song and it's the very last thing he says at the end of the song after he went and found the books that his great-grandmother had left about their life and everything and he says i went out to montana with a bible on my arm looking for my father's on a long abandoned farm and then there's a pause and he says something that's unexpected because you always expect to be disappointed he says i found what i came looking for (laughs) and it just blows you away the way he sings it it's it Usually when people go back and they, and, and they dwell on the darkness, like, oh, the farm got got abandoned and, and my grandfathers went to the town and just didn't care anymore, went to the city and didn't care anymore. But he wasn't looking for that. He was looking for the for the, his great-grandfather and his great-grandmother who started it all and how their story was never told. And he found out how their story was told and was so proud. And I came what I was looking for and found it. And that is poetry. <laughs> That's magnificence. That's something that you think you can write, but try and write it. Okay? And yeah. try and write a 10-minute song that has mostly lyrics and keep you interested for those 10 minutes. I haven't even got the other songs yet. <laughs> <we No>, can <laughs> like each song would come along and it would grab me. I think that was a really good song. And there's some beautiful ballads on here too, like uh, "Loves Enough" is a beautiful. It's not a bombastic ballad yeah. like some of the other songs. That That's "One Night
1: Stand." And I'm "One Night
0: Stand" this. also. Those two songs, "Loves Enough" and "One Night Stand," are very simple piano songs. Those are the closest ones
1: to uh, to being like a uh, singer songwriter territory. "Loves right. Enough"
0: could have very easily. That's one yeah. song that could have been a hit single.
1: That could yeah. have gotten on the radar. because yeah, and the, they like I say the lyrics were enough that they would grab you.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. And also a song that just killed me. I got to mention this. Waiting for the moving van.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god,
0: is that a brilliant song. It's a song about a man who's selling his house because after living with his wife for 10 years and having two children, they decide she decides to leave and and the, the marriage is ended and all he's doing now to move on with his life is waiting for the moving van and it's both extremely sad and extremely hopeful about the future also um it's it's kind of like saying something that you don't say too often in the 1970s is that even though there's a bone and soul crushing divorce you know there's still a second part of your life and that's that that song just gets to me <laughs> you know and 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 basically he's just saying you know i'm going to start the second part of my life even though i have all these regrets about what i did in this marriage But once, you know, I'm waiting for the moving van to come. And once it comes, I'll start again and I'll be a better person. Who the fuck writes like that? (laughs) (laughs) I would dream to write like that. I would dream to be able to be that uh, observant enough to write about little things like that. But I'm not.
1: Did you get uh, any uh, information on what the Ballad of the Ship of State is about? I
0: guess it's up to your perception my perception was this boat was sunk and for some reason the ghosts came back okay. but they don't want ghosts any back anymore you're not they welcome did here. mention them, you're not uh, welcome here anymore because we don't we do don't you have care room in about your the hall world for us right you're not who will
1: all. not be getting any older yes <laughs> you don't belong
0: here you belong unfortunately with all the men who died in war. that's what I took from it yes. it also is a very incredible song. But again, it's not spelled out for you. So you have to, that's the one song you really have to make your
1: own conclusions about what it's about. Yeah. I mean, um, Love is Enough uh, was a song before that, which was this nice ballad. And then it went into that one, Ballad of the Ship of State, which is, uh, uh, it's not, uh, you know, one of the formulated, it's. It's different all the way through.
0: It's <laughs> different all. It is a very that is a very uh, Broadway song. It, it, it
1: does it, it, it remind me a bit of Carla Bleva, but with um, uh, lyrics. It did. It did. Yes. But the lyrics are at the exact opposite end of the spectrum of uh, the giving sense. meaning. Yes. <laughs> this has more meaning almost than you'd mm-hmm. want, and uh, it's
0: not like saying I had a bologna sandwich, but the bologna sandwich all of a sudden turned into a muskrat
1: because <laughs> that's what that
0: unfortunately was the lyrics that were and, a for the for <laughs> and i just want to point out if you think it's all big epics there is even a light-hearted song called old california <laughs> which is so unbelievably catchy <laughs> and it's what rob said it's like you expect the album is turning into this and it turns into something else the next song and then the next song it turns into something else and you know what? This is one of the greatest albums I've ever heard. It's in my got to be in my top hundred, I think. I got. I, this is. I a... wouldn't have said that six years ago when I first heard it because I didn't have the <laughs> lyrics. That's how much that having reading the lyrics meant to my appreciation of this album. This album, I I can't convey to you people enough. There are very few albums that I've really been blown away by when I've heard it like this album. I mean, there have because I've listened to a lot of albums, but at this stage of my life to be blown away by an album is not that common because I'm an egotistical enough to think I've listened to all the great albums in my life, which I'm not even close to. But I give this a solid five out of five, and I wish people would listen to it. If, if you don't buy it, then at least listen to it.
1: <laughs> Rob? I have four and a half out of five. I was going to mention that um, uh, the the background orchestra, like, uh, the most dominant thing is the singing. The second most dominant is the piano playing, and then pretty much everything else is kind of third, backing and supporting. And uh, I was uh, really surprised by it.
0: You know, and it's a good point because... I
1: haven't had the lyrics uh, to read.
0: Oh, oh, oh! See, I've I did, just been I listening to
1: No, I've just been listening to them, and uh, I thought, you know, I don't need the lyrics because I can hear, uh, you know, everything's going but on. But if you
0: can, and that's good too. Yeah. I just, I just, there were so many words that I just couldn't absorb it all when I heard it, like in in in, in 2014. I really could. not I, I I understood what was going on, but when I read every single line, I was going like, oh wow.
1: <laughs> no, they, they, like I say, uh, the first two words I wrote down were "progressive storytelling." Is they're storytelling songs, they're character songs, uh and they're just uh, some of the most imaginative lyrics put to music that I've ever heard.
0: I agree. I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. <clears throat> like, uh and no, still, that's it. That's the guy. Exactly and no I'm matter how much we talk <laughs> about it. People are still going, yeah, but what's it sound like? Well, uh, you know, <laughs> like I said, the more we talk about it, sometimes the more confused you get about what it sounds
1: it's like. It's close to a bunch of things, but it is, in fact, its own thing.
0: It is its own thing. If they had a section called people making music with their own stamp on it, this would be in that section.
1: <laughs> I can't think of any anyone who writes like this. Yeah, I And never, writes and plays like this.
0: I think that's why I'm so excited about this album, Give It Five Stars, is because when you get to our age and you hear something that you've never heard before.
1: Yeah, that brilliant that... Uh... <laughs> yeah,
0: and that brilliant, not just that you haven't heard before, but that brilliant it just kind of goes, oh, wow. You know, I still got a lot of listening to do because if I can be blown away after listening to so many re- songs and albums in my life, then that's, that's you know, How? What greater thing can you say to a person, like to a person like David Ackles, than to say, you know what? I've listened to so many albums in my life, and still you surprised me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would have thought initially, uh, or I did think initially, you know, why didn't more people who've heard this music, uh, you know, cover some of these songs? But. They're not easy songs to cover for the most part. No, Very difficult songs. I wouldn't I mean, even if want. I'm to be uh, trying uh, a these band songs. in there, trying to teach them these songs.
0: I actually wouldn't want to play these songs <laughs> in a band because it's really hard. By the way, you mentioned, the, you know, the, we mentioned this guitar okay, yeah. solos and stuff. I did check. Uh, there actually is guitar. I have. I don't. I've heard. I heard a little bit of pedal steel on this album.
1: Oh, like but oboes and horns and and, uh... and you
0: hear a lot of that and you're wondering is there even guitar on this album I did check and there is a there is guitar I, I guess in the background but uh, I don't hear it doesn't matter if you say I only like music with guitars in it this will this will blow your conception <laughs> <laughs> by the way I just want to end by uh, oh you didn't oh yeah you gave it four and a half
1: I'm sorry I did yeah
0: uh, Mojo magazine just to end this here called it uh, one of the most beautiful but rarely heard albums of its era, and there you go. It's included. It's included in the uh, in the in the much lauded book Thousand and One Albums You Must Hear Before You Die," and uh, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly.
1: with It's that. nice in this day and age that you can uh, have a listen to it uh, at the price of maybe listening to a few commercials rather than.
0: But I do wish <laughs> that people would buy it. We on this show we want you
1: if at least to listen to the album that yeah. we like. If you can have a listen then, they, you know, yeah, if you like it then...
0: And if you like it that, and if you like it, if you could, you know Yeah, maybe an artist maybe an artist that has a hundred million dollars. If you don't buy it, that's fine. <laughs> David Ackles made nothing in his lifetime and then is probably his family I I don't know how his family is doing or, or whatever, but it's always nice to uh, especially an uh, an artist you've never heard of uh, it doesn't cost much nowadays to buy a CD of of music that's what's yeah but we just we just do this show a lot of times to enlighten people about stuff that has been ignored and should not be ignored or is ignored and should stay ignored at least in our <laughs> opinion <laughs> yeah. that oh, yeah. doesn't mean it should because. We did Billion Dollar Babies, and um, I didn't like the record at all. Rob really liked it, and it's one of our most popular episodes. Obviously, a lot of people liked it, so uh, I'm not saying I'm wrong, but I'm in the minority for sure. So, uh, not that ro- not, there's no right and wrong, it's just a no, perception of it. So, I'm, that's it why I say I'm boils down being, to taste. E- I'm not being egotistical by saying I'm not wrong. Rob's not wrong either. Every week, Rob is never wrong, and I'm never wrong. It's, <laughs> Opinion isn't a right or wrong
1: thing. Opinion is opinion. One of these days, I'll come on, John. You're just an idiot. That's <laughs> what you are. You know what? You like this. You got bad taste in music. You're an idiot. <laughs> uh,
0: that's one day. I, I'm saving that up for uh, for when we do Uriah Heap, and you can tell me that. Okay. <laughs> um, that's our show for today. Great show. Personally speaking, I don't know how it was listening to what,
1: about, it it was, it is, it was it, it's fun doing a really good album that I mean you got to hear it in 2014 I heard it uh, for the first time this week it,
0: you know what people don't. I, I don't know if people I had to listen
1: to it. this is not this is not background music if you put this on uh, it's going to grab you no it is it's definitely
0: you great good it's comment it's not going to music. grab you it's gonna grab you and it's gonna make you go wow um and I don't know if people we're so lucky because there are times when an album is picked by myself or whatever for for some reason and we get to listen to it and then we get to comment on it and we're so juiced on it (laughs) (laughs) like we get to listen to it four times before you know three or four times in that week and if it's a good album i tell you it's a great week and I, i excited to go into the studio and excited to tell people about a david ackles and and it's a great job to have. It's a pretty shitty job when you have to do a, 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 a Grease album. <laughs> Sometimes when you do a Grease or a like Captain, Captain and Neil, Neil, you wonder why you're even put on this earth. And then there are weeks like this week. Luckily, we have a lot more weeks like this week where you say, this is such a great job.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, those albums like a, a lot of people like this. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did
0: this happen? And then it becomes our most popular show. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you bastards.
0: Uh, next week, we will not be putting a show online. Uh, so you have the week off. Watch people, the week off, all right. But we don't. Uh, yeah,
1: son of a bitch. <laughs> Just because we, we got to get caught up in the summer.
0: We will be doing an episode next week to make up for the summer episodes that we had stored away that we had to use because of the hot weather and sickness and stuff so we will be back online in two weeks with a new theme and a new episode
1: and a new attitude <laughs> we're going to have dancers <laughs> and we'll have the bands on the show but they'll be lip syncing <laughs> <laughs> you like American bands solid gold <laughs> so until then
0: uh, take care and stay safe good night Right or on